Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome to the show. As you know, this is National Epilepsy Month ending. Let's see what day. Yes, it just ended. And this month, we are going to be talking all month about different great organizations where I believe you should take time to give back. Hey, I want to thank everyone for their great support in November for National Epilepsy Month. As you all know, that's very, very personal to me since I'm living with epilepsy. You are all such great listeners, followers, so thank you very much. But now it is the month of giving and giving back. So I have selected some of my favorite organizations for the month of December that I feel are so important and hope you will take time to make a small contribution or large contribution, whatever you are able to do. Today, we have Steve Dental and Shannon Lesnock from the American Heart Association of Western Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh. And you know, they're in the greater Pittsburgh region, and so that too is very special to me. Um, but I actually, first of all, thank you both for being on the show. Thank you, Joyce, for having us. Yes, thank you well, so much, you know, Joyce, for having us. Uh, this is very, very important and sadly overlooked or not understood by many people because, as I frequently say, you know, with women, for example, there is such a fear of cancer and yet not an understanding of how many women die from heart disease. But for some reason, it doesn't seem to, you know, sink in with a lot of people. So I thought we could talk about many of those things today. But let's start, Steve, with how does the American Heart Association impact patient care directly? Yes, thank you, Joyce. Um, There there really is uh, a significant connection between our, if you want to say our mission side or health strategy side, and what happens on the revenue and giving side that you, that you really expressed how important it is. Um, through funded research that happens um, through people's generosity, um, this research ends up going to um, developing treatments that are out there, and these treatments end up being published in scientific journals and end up becoming guidelines for clinicians to be able to follow, um, whether outside the hospital or inside the hospital. And this is really where it impacts patients directly. Wow. Well, you know, thank God for all that. Um, I, I just wanted to go back to what I said before. Why do you think, Steve, why do you think there's this uh, disconnect with people understanding the impact of heart disease. Yeah, I think at, at, at times so often um, there's so many components of heart disease that um, we really, um, you know, if you think about it, like um, if somebody has a lot of other chronic diseases such as um, something that involves pain, um, they, they can feel it on a day-to-day basis where uh, a lot of times with patients that may have high blood pressure or have some other sort of heart uh, you know, uh, illness, they don't necessarily um, feel it on a day-to-day basis. Not, they don't, a lot of times they don't even realize it until something actually happens such as a heart attack or stroke. And the other thing with that is, is so often, um, you know, things around heart disease, um, a lot of them are congenital in nature, but a lot of them can be prevented. And um, it, it becomes a situation where 
uh, a lot of times it's, if you want to say heart disease can be blamed on the individual because of choices that they make, whether it's food choices, lack of exercise, and so on. So at times that's where there is um, a disconnect between, um, you know, what's going on in heart disease out there with the public. Yeah, how about you? What do you think, Shannon? Yeah, I totally agree. And as to play on what you said earlier, Joyce, that a lot of people aren't aware that uh, heart disease is the number one killer out there, which is surprising. Um, as you had said, a lot of women are worried about cancer and specifically breast cancer when um, heart disease affects more individuals than all forms of cancer combined. So that's just what we're, what we're striving to do is continue to raise awareness and get education out into the communities. Let's go back once again for our listeners. You are saying heart disease is the number one killer, correct? Correct. And stroke ranks second globally and is the leading cause of severe disability. I do not know why it is. You know, I think there's something about cancer that is just, you know, terrifying going through, you know, chemotherapy, et cetera. But, you know, with heart disease, you're going to go through uh, heart surgery. I mean, it, it, you know, it isn't that, you know, that it's, you know, a easy thing. I mean, I was really glad we had this show today because my cousin had, uh, this just happened over the past month. She's an older woman and she had had uh, open heart surgery and really seemed to be doing really well. And her husband came home and found her in the front yard. Uh, she, had, she was dead. She had passed away. Oh and I know even in that extended family, a lot of people, they didn't really, I don't think really grasp the impact, you know, of this, of this. As if it had been cancer, there would have been a totally different reaction. And I, I'm telling you this because I want our listeners to understand one of the reasons that I think you should make a donation to the American Heart Association is because I don't think you realize the seriousness of this, uh, you know, in comparison to other uh, diseases that occur. So, you know, I really, really think that's important, um, and, and I'm glad that you shared that data uh, with us. So you were talking, uh, Steve, about uh, impact patient care. What specifics can you share with us on how this is applied in the hospital? Yeah, great question, Joyce. So um, with as I, as I said before, there's a development of guidelines that, that are out there on how patients should receive care and, and certain treatments that they should receive. So the important thing, in, and this actually is recommended that all patients receive, if you want to, it's called GDMA or GDMT, Guideline-Directed Medical Therapy. Prime example of this is a patient has a stroke, um, you know, at home, um, they're brought into the hospital, into the emergency room. If they come in within a certain period of time, um, within a certain window, and they don't have any contraindications, they should be receiving a drug, um, it's called TPA, that uh, breaks up the clot that is causing the stroke. And the sooner that they can get this medication, the better chance that they will have of not having a long-lasting disability or um, potentially um, dying from the stroke. So this is where um, making sure that um, if you want to, we, we'd like to refer to medication adherence uh, in terms of that the patients are receiving every therapy that they should. Um, while in the hospital, and not just um, medications that they're receiving, but it may even be such as, you know, if they've had a stroke, have they been assessed for rehab? Are they being discharged to 
the appropriate the facility? Are they receiving the education that they should? Because all these things um, really go hand in hand with trying to improve outcomes and reduce reducing death and disability that is caused by heart disease and stroke. Wow. Well, that's very good information. I want to remind everyone before we go to break, if you're thinking, oh, I wish this person had heard the show, the show can be downloaded from iTunes and is always archived on the Bender website. And with that, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back to talk more about the American Heart Association of Greater Pittsburgh Region. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Stephen Shannon. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're talking to Steve Dental national consultant to the American Heart Association, and Shannon Lesnock, the senior heart ball director. want to talk about that for a moment. Uh, for those listening to the show, Shannon, could you first tell everyone what the heart ball is? Absolutely. The heart ball is an evening uh, of celebration. It is a black tie gala, but the focus around the evening is to celebrate the research that has been done in the year. So, um, and, and, lo- and it is fabulous. I mean, if you're listening right now, and I'll ask you, Shannon, if someone is listening, first of all, this gala, which I support, here in Pittsburgh, is the most wonderful gala, and there are always tons of people at it, and it's black tie. And this year, my close friend David Holmberg, the CEO of Highmark, is the chair of the Heart Ball. And, um, you know, remember, folks, heart disease is a disability. And, of course, you know that's what I'm always about, the employment of people with disabilities, and I'll tell you another story later on. However, this heartball, Shannon, if someone is interested in purchasing a table or a ticket, how would they do that? Honestly, I would say the best way would just be to contact myself, Um, and I can provide my phone number and email should there be an interest. Okay, what is your email? It's Shannon.Lesnock, L-E-S-N-O-C-K, at heart, H-E-A-R-T, dot org. Phone number is? 
888-346-3567. Just in case someone's talking to someone about this, and oh my goodness, I forgot this woman's name and phone number, if they go to the website, is there a way they can find this out? Yes. Yes, there is. And um, I can get you that website here in just one moment. Okay. Because that's another way they could go or make a donation. And I just want to say again, uh, this is just a great way to support, you know, research and quality of life for people living with this and all the work that the American Heart Association does uh, in schools and teaching people about CPR. Um, Shannon, don't you do that a lot going in, trying to teach people CPR and, uh, you know, what to do if someone has a heart attack? Yes, actually, we are. We're, one of the things that Pennsylvania is actually trying to pass through advocacy is to... Um, for all high school students to graduate with a CPR certification. Um, and we also work with different schools uh, around the country with and teaching them CPR anytime. And for the main focus is around uh, seventh graders because our thought pro- the thought process there is that the children will learn CPR in school and then they'll go home and teach their parents or their other family members. So then more people are becoming aware of how to do it, maybe not being certified, but at least know the actions and the steps to perform CPR, which doing something is better than nothing if, if somebody is in distress. Right. That's right. Do you have that website? It's actually, it's not up just yet, so we're, we're getting that for you. We'll okay. have it by the end of the show. Okay. Now, what about if a company wants help with learning for their employees CPR? Uh, well, they could reach out to their local American Heart Association office. Uh, we are, the Heart Association is a nationwide organization and we have um, over uh, 134 offices across the country. So there are definitely locations that can be reached to help their specific location with CPR. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, well, that's great. Well, while you're looking further into this, I want to go back to what we were talking to Steve about. Um, Steve, American Heart Association. Yes. What involvement does the AHA's involvement stop when a patient is discharged? So... (laughs) Yeah, when a, when a patient, uh, when, when we're involved in their care um, prior to, you know, coming to the hospital, just as you talked about um, with, with regards to doing CPR, making sure they get to the appropriate facility and so on, our involvement just doesn't stop um, whenever the patient leaves the hospital or how we work with the various um, facilities. One of the biggest things... Um, that is going on right now is, and it's a, a term that is being commonly used as care transitions. And it's a word that really focuses on making sure that um, that care doesn't stop, you know, the second the patient walks out the door. Because we know that um, there are a lot of things that happen once the patient actually um, is discharged from the hospital. And we want to make sure that we're, um, if the patient is going to another facility um, for potentially rehab related to a disability that they might have or if they need further care um, at, say, a, a skilled nursing facility, we want to make sure that there's good communication going on between the hospital and who actually is then assuming care for the patient. The same way as whenever they are being discharged home, we want to make sure that it's a situation that the patient isn't just, you know, being discharged and then all of a sudden it's, hey, you're on your own. Um, We want to make sure certain things are happening prior to the patient leaving during that care transitions process, such as, um, 
getting a, a physician visit, uh, follow-up visit scheduled prior to leaving the hospital, uh, follow-up phone calls taking place afterwards, um, making sure that not only that, that the patient is educated um, properly on what they need to do afterwards, but making sure that that is being also done with the caregiver. So that's really where... Um, we are working with the hospitals and then on, an, if you want to say, during that care transition process and on an outpatient basis, making sure that everybody has um, a clear understanding what needs to take place to make sure the patients are getting the appropriate care that they should be getting. Wow, that is wonderful. And, um, you know, it's so great that it that, you know, for you, for the patient, it just doesn't stop when they are discharged. I mean, it's such a thing to go through to begin with. Uh, what I was going to talk about for a moment is that so many people that have had heart disease when uh, or a stroke where they've been out of work for a while, when they go on an interview because of that timeout, it's so hard for them frequently to gain employment. And we have one, one of my employees that had had nine heart attacks. So when he oh, met wow. me, no one would hire him. Uh, but we did and uh, put him on assignment at a company doing computer work. And uh, sadly, he passed away uh, on the 10th heart attack. And he had such a great attitude to the very end that we actually named an award after him, the Tony DeMace Award, uh, that is given every year for someone that displays a great attitude. But why I'm bringing this up, everyone remember, heart disease and stroke are disabilities covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And sometimes people just think of it of a disease, but it is, in fact, considered a disability. And right now, with Section 503 of the Rehab Act, which is affirmative action for the employment of people with disabilities with federal contractors, that counts. That counts. So I just wanted to uh, mention that, go over that with you for a minute. Um, And Shannon, one other question I have. We talked about the heart ball. What other social events are planned to move AGAHA to that 2020 goal? Yes, Joyce. We also have outside of the heart ball where, as I mentioned, we do focus on the research that the Heart Association is doing through the year. We have our Go Red for Women initiative, which is striving to raise awareness and education in women of heart disease. As you said, when you speak to um, your various friends, a lot of them are concerned about cancer, um, which heart disease kills one in three women. And the signs and symptoms for women are very different than men. Women experience uh, more of a flu-like symptom, nausea, uh, back, pa- back pain, indigestion, chest pain, or I'm sorry, jaw pain. Um, and it's, it's not as clear of the symptoms that men experience. So that's one thing that the Go Red for Women campaign is striving to continue to raise awareness about those various symptoms and what to look for and just how important it is for women to listen to their bodies. Um, And so around that, we have a luncheon that in Pittsburgh happens to take place in the springtime, and it attracts about 500 individuals. And we also have our heart walks that happen also throughout the country, most often in the fall. And locally, ours has about 15,000 individuals that come out and walk, whether it's in honor or in memory of somebody, to support somebody. Um, and lo- there's a very large corporate corporation support there as well. Yeah, and I have been in that, and it is absolutely phenomenal. I really, really am always impacted by that. You mentioned um, about uh, National Wear Red Day. Don't you also have a National Eating Healthy Day and Walking Day? Absolutely. Uh, Yes, we have those those three icon days that happen throughout the year to help 
continue the awareness. Um, National Wear Red Day is the first Friday in February. National Eating Healthy Day is in November. So we just had that the first week in November. And National Walking Day is in April. And so we encourage everybody to uh, live the mission of the American Heart Association on those days, um, which is to help us um, educate the public and improve the lives of all Americans of, of the nation's leading cause of death. When is uh, the National Red Day? When is that National Wear first, Red Day? The first Friday in February. So this February, it is on the 5th. And you encourage everyone to wear red. Of course. And men can participate by wearing red socks or red ties as well, or the red dress pins. Well, you know what? That is just, which I have that red dress pin. Um, but w- see, there's a way mm-hmm. right there to raise that awareness we were talking about. Absolutely. You, you know, about heart disease. So once again, we've been talking to Steve Dental and Shannon Lesnock from the American Heart Association of Greater Pittsburgh Region. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Since 1985... Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show. We're talking to Steve Dental, National Consultant for the American Heart Association, and Shannon Lesnock, the Senior Heartball Director. This is the American Heart Association of Greater Pittsburgh Region. And I want to just bring up again, when is that heartball, Shannon? Thanks, Joyce. It's on Saturday, February 20th. At the Wyndham Grand, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's at the Wyndham Grand Downtown Pittsburgh Hotel. And if anybody is interested on information on our the local Pittsburgh Heartball, if they can just obtain that information at www.heart.org/pittsburgh. Want to repeat that again? Sure. It's www.heart.org/pittsburgh. Backslash Pittsburgh. All right. 
Um, you know what, Steve? I want to get back to you. We were what we were talking about um, when it comes to the American Heart Association. What role does uh, that play in impacting patient outcomes? Yeah, great, great question, Joyce. So, um, all the things that we talked about um, before, uh, in terms of the the various things such as the appropriate medications that patients are put on, doing the education during that care transitions process, and um, making sure that they're referred to the appropriate facility. There has been research studies that have been done showing that the adherence to these guidelines really does have a significant role in several things. Number one, it's been shown to reduce um, deaths from um, heart disease um, in heart failure, stroke, um, AFib, MI, and so on. And it also helps um, reduce readmissions to the hospital. One of the big focuses with hospitals nowadays is um, keeping patients out of the hospital and making sure that they, again, have the resources to continue their care and um, making sure that the patient isn't coming back in right after they've been discharged. And then two other things, which is a big component of this, is, um, you know, as I said before, um, the outcomes that, you know, we're looking at is trying to reduce disabilities with the patients and really improve the quality of life that um, they have at home. And we're trying to maximize this. And we've seen, as I said, through research that uh, by adhering to these guidelines and and looking at um, their compliance with them, it really aids in providing the best possible patient care as um, that they should be receiving. Well, I think that is so important. I'm glad that you went over that. But, you know, you also heard us, Steve, when we were talking about, what, you know, what resources do we have, what can we do for patients, um, you know, from heart disease. What, what, what do you offer? What, what resources um, are available from the American Heart Association in the community because you heard me talking about people with disabilities um, and, and many people, they do need help. They, they need a place to go. Uh, what, what do you do for that? Right. So um, <laughs> I, we could, uh, if you had another hour, <laughs> we could go, uh, go over everything that's available out there. But um, I just wanted to touch upon uh, a couple of things. Probably the easiest, and, and I know for your listeners out there, the easiest way to access the resources that we have, and I'm going to cover some of them, is just to go to heart.org. And that really will navigate you through um, what is available out there, depending on whether you have high blood pressure, atrial fibrillation, if you've had a stroke, and so on. But the resources that really are numerous out there, some of them I just wanted to touch upon, probably one of the biggest things that um, we've really been focused on as an organization lately is um, our patient support network. And this is dedicated to um, uh, not only the patients out there, but also a great resource for caregivers. And these are, um, you know, survivors um, who have been through various things. Um, as you talk about um, stroke survivors, um, you know, that may have a disability that are looking for a job. Um, there are individuals in the support network that can guide them through as to what specific resources are available and even to, to a degree be able to sit down and talk with them to say, hey, I've been through the same thing and this is what um, we can help you with to understand to make, you know, someone's walking alongside them, you know, and they're not alone in the process. So as we're, you know, as I, as I said, this patient support network is growing. 
Um, and the interesting thing is a lot of the survivors are actually even healthcare professionals um, who really um, can speak the language also. So it really has become uh, a vast network that is so vitally important to patients out there. Um, aside from that, I'm going to let Shannon talk a little bit about um, this, um, you know, after I'm done, is um, we have various tools to check to see where are you at in terms of, um, you know, your risk for heart disease and for stroke and, and how you can make changes with that. But if you've been diagnosed, there are multiple things that you can be looking at. There, we have what is called Heart360, which is a way for you to be able to continually track how your blood pressure is um, going or other labs and so on. And in a secure manner, you can be connected with your physician um, with that. Um, we also have um, several initiatives that have been so vitally important to patients that really go with the support aspect. Um, we have something called My AFib Experience for patients that have had AFib. And there are close to 2,000 people who are part of this community. Um, and we've actually had over 300,000 people look at the information um, on our page related to My AFib Experience. Um, we just launched wow. a new initiative. We just launched wow. a new new initiative called Rise Above Heart Failure, which is something similar for our heart failure patients out there. And just at a recent conference, um, us working with the American Medical Association, we launched a program called Target Blood Pressure, um, Target DP, which we're um, trying to get patients to have their blood pressure uh, at 140 uh, over 90. We're trying to have them below that because we know that high blood pressure plays such um, a role in furthering heart disease along. So um, these are some of the things that we have resources out there. But again, I would recommend that you go to, your listeners go to heart.org and they really can navigate through everything that we have available out there. Yeah, wow, great idea. What, what is that again, heart.org? Is that what you said? Yes. Heart.org, okay. Hey, Shannon, um, you have all these events and you have all these icon days in the greater Pittsburgh area. Um, how can we get involved? There's a... Um various ways that to get involved and it's individuals can get involved by volunteering um, their time if their passion expertise uh, or even financially as you had mentioned um, for example our heart ball that's coming up we have an executive leadership team that we that you are a part of and we are thankful for that help us uh, bring in some of the funding for the event. We also have an auction committee. The auctions are a large portion of our social events, and they're also a fun portion of the evening. So we have a committee that helps put that together and a committee that helps with the planning, the details. There's a myriad of opportunities for individuals, and um, heart.org, as Steve had mentioned before, and I have, is a wealth of information and a portal for anybody who wants to get involved. Right, and you should get involved because you know what? Don't wait. Don't wait until it's you or someone close to you. And here we have resources to help prevent this from happening. And you know what? Think about it. If I came up to you and I said, hey, I can help you, I can help save your life, I can help prevent a problem, um, you would probably want to give me whatever money you could because you would be so thrilled. Here we go, American Heart Association. You need to take time to make a donation. This is the American Heart Association of Pittsburgh region, and I hope you will really think about it, and take time to do what I just said. Um, and when we come back from this break, Amy, 
I wanted you to talk about the simple seven steps that you talked to me about uh, before we went to break. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. If you just joined us, we're talking to Steve Dennell, National Consultant for the American Heart Association, and Shannon Lesnock, the Senior Heartball Director for Greater Pittsburgh Region. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. We'll be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Since 1985... Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Uh, American Heart Association of the Greater Pittsburgh Region with our guests, Steve Dental and Shannon Lesnock. Shannon, before uh, we went to the other break, you were telling me about this uh, Life Simple 7. Do you want to talk, tell our listeners about that? Absolutely. And right before this break, Joyce, you had mentioned about giving back. And Life Simple 7 is one way the American Heart Association can give back. Uh, it's the uh, My Life Check, which is a free online assessment. So anybody could visit, can visit our website, heart.org backslash mylifecheck, all one word, and take this assessment that was designed by the AHA with the goal of improved health by educating the public on how best to live. Heart, 80% of heart disease is preventable. So this assessment gives people the chance to look at different parts of their lifestyle that maybe they would overlook or not take into consideration as affecting their heart. Um, so those simple steps would be to, as Steve mentioned before, how important it is to manage your blood pressure. High blood pressure is a major risk factor for heart disease and stroke. And when your blood pressure stays within healthy ranges, you reduce the strain on your heart, your arteries, and kidneys, which helps you healthier long, helps you stay healthier longer. Um, the second one would be to control your cholesterol. High cholesterol contributes to plaque, which can clog your arteries and lead to heart disease and stroke. Uh, the third one would be to reduce your blood sugar. Most of the food we eat is turned into glucose or blood sugar that our bodies use for energy. But over time, high levels of blood sugar can damage your heart, kidneys, eyes, and nerves. And so that's, uh, your, blood, your blood sugar is something you want to be able to keep reduced. 
Um, always important is to be active. Living an active life is one of the most rewarding gifts you can give yourself and those you love because you're prolonging your life. And simply put, daily physical activity increases your length and quality of life. Um, eating healthy. A healthy diet is one of the best weapons for fighting cardiovascular disease. When you eat a heart-healthy diet, you improve your chances for feeling good and staying healthy for life. Um, then you also, everybody's always talking about it, and I know it's going to come up come January because it seems to be everybody's New Year's resolution, but it's to lose weight. When you shed extra fat and unnecessary pounds, you reduce the burden on your heart and your lungs, blood vessels, and your skeleton. So your skeletal system, which you don't realize all of that comes into play when you have a few extra pounds. So you're, you'll be giving yourself the gift of an active lifestyle, um, and it would also help lower your blood pressure, and you would feel better. So just losing those few extra pounds would, it contributes a lot to a healthier lifestyle. And finally, um, stop smoking. Any of those smokers out there, um, it gives you such a higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Um, and I understand quitting can be difficult, but it can really be a lifesaver, literally. Well, so those are our seven, seven simple steps. And, and i got to tell you, frequently when I meet someone and they have had uh, a heart attack or cardiac arrest, whichever one it is, uh, I'll say to someone, did they smoke? And 90% of the time, I'm not kidding you, 90% the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's amazing, by the way, so many of these things that would prevent heart disease would prevent so many other problems. Absolutely. So, you know, that's, that's great, heart.org. That's really great. Mm-hmm. And, Steve, I think there was something else you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, Joyce, I, I just, there's two um, kind of final things that, you know, I really wanted to reiterate. Um, one of them is the fact that, uh, you know, as we've been talking about all along, is adherence to these guidelines that are put out there are so vitally important for um, healthcare clinicians, uh, for them to be able to follow these guidelines. We know how it really does improve the care of what um, the patient should be getting every patient every time. And uh, the Heart Association, just on the same website, heart.org, Org, and if you go under quality, you can see those hospitals who are following the clinical practice guidelines out there. Um, we actually have a program called Get With the Guidelines that actually recognizes hospitals for a high level of compliance with those guidelines that are out there. That's so vitally important for outcomes with the patient. But secondly is we could... Um, have clinicians and uh, hospitals do the best that they can and be at a high level of compliance with the guidelines. But it's so important, especially to your listeners out there, the patients, that they adhere to what is be- they're being told um, or prescribed to do. That is such a vital part of this that it's not just about um, you know, medications being prescribed, but if they're not filling the medications, um, if they're not following what recommendations were made as it relates to um, dietary restrictions, um, exercise, um, that then can lead to further complications with, with their disease and further disability. And really... Uh, to take advantage of the resources that are out there. Um, we want, you know, our, our focus for the patients and our goal is how can we help them succeed in reducing death and disability and really have a quality of life that they're looking to have. I mean, there's so many stories, as you know, um, Joyce, from um, working alongside the Heart Association of parents being able to walk their kids down the aisle, grandparents being able to play with their children, 
and um, so many other things. Little little kids that have received heart surgeries that um, you know can have grow actually grow up and be able to to have um, you know a great life because of this innovative work and everything that is being done. So. Um, you know, we really just want to thank um, you for your support of the American Heart Association, especially all the people, all, all your listeners, because, you know, it really kind of is, a, uh, if you want to say, a circle in that their generosity um, for the American Heart Association and what they do um, in getting involved with us really lends to improved care for everybody out there. And it wouldn't have been able to be accomplished without everything that they do and for allowing us to be on this program. So thank you. And to oh, you're more off, than welcome. To, to add to what Steve was saying, with the, it allows us to improve the care. It also allows us to further research. The Heart Association has funded more than $3.8 billion in heart disease and stroke research. And that is more than any other organization outside of the federal government. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you know what? You're not going to believe it, but we are, we've gone over so much, we are at the end of this great show. Steve and Shannon, thank you so much. Thank you, Joyce. We we greatly appreciate your support and this opportunity. I'm behind you. American Heart Association of Greater Pittsburgh Region. Don't forget to make a donation. This is that time of the year, which is why I've got to end with this quote by Danforth that is, one of life's great rules is this, the more you give, the more you get. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters, right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.